So in this session, we're going to teach on or look at the principle of confession and repentance. Now, before we begin, we want to make it very clear that in this teaching or in this session, we're not going to expound on the mechanisms of confession and or repentance. There are teachings that you can watch that do that. But we specifically want to focus on the principle, so a practice, something that we can practically implement, the principle of confession and repentance. And the principle is this, that the one has to go with the other. So if there's confession, the principle is it has to be followed by repentance. So that's the principle we're looking at today, something that we can implement in our lives practically. Right. Do you want to lead us into it? It's important to take this vast concept to its simplest form. Mm. We will be led to understand that we will be led by the Holy Spirit to understand that there's an area in our life that needs to be conformed to His Word, to His person, to His character. Mm. Naturally. And then we want to respond. Mm. The reason why we need the principle like this is that we often see that people's responses at the moment would be correct. Mm -hmm. But when the moment has passed, mm. often the response was only a momentary response. Yeah, like a flickering of an inspiration. That's right. Mm -hmm. And because we have not been taught how to continue in that response, mm. we tend to think we repented. Yes. And that's why this principle is so important. The principle is that these two aspects has to happen together. Uh, confession and repentance. Mm -hmm. So, if a confession took place, mm -hmm. but change did not take place. Yes. Permanently. Permanently. Yes. Then it means there was no repentance. Mm -hmm. Often we can think we're still in the process of repentance. Yeah, but things have become stagnant. So repentance, remember, without going into it, but there's a constant change because obviously we have to be fully conformed into His image. So there has to be, um, we have to be able to measure it all the time. So oftentimes we can identify an action, a behavior, a way of speaking or thinking, mm -hmm. um, a part of our character that we need to adjust, we call that repentance, and then we confess uh, this. Mm. But the reality is we have only confessed when you can measure the change as being constant throughout a year, two years, three years. Mm -hmm. If the change has been in place in your assessment, for a week, you cannot say that I've repented. Mm. This is where people want to apply the wrong type of faith to their actions. Well, I just believe it's over. No. Or because it was fastly by continuance, by yeah. discipline, and by self-control, we will continue in that repentance. Mm. We often see that people repent initially. Mm. 
then the behavior returns or they return yes. to that behavior in a month or two. Yes. And then people don't realize that they have not repented, but they confess. And I think this is where it comes in because with the confession part, the, the inspiration or the conviction that was received was true and real and, you know, was truly from the Holy Spirit um, and guidance. And so people, like you said in the beginning, we tend to see that people respond in the moment, but when the moment passes, then it's as if the confession took place so people could identify and realize that something has to change, but the change wasn't implemented permanently or with a permanent goal in sight, and so the principle falls apart. This is where the, this particular principle has to be connected with the previous principles that we have discussed on in the series. Uh, so the reason why we don't continue in in repentance because we didn't formulate. Many times we didn't identify exactly mm. what the nature of the trespass was. Yes. What caused the trespass? What was the motivation? Or the wound? Or the weakness? Or the lack of knowledge? Or the ignorance that caused the trespass? Mm. So for a proper process we need to now go back to the principle of formulation. We have to identify the dynamics or the characteristics of the trespass behavior. Yes. Then we have to formulate it. And again, it's not formulated if you did not sit down, write it down, and formulate it properly. Yes. Now you can have a look at it. So this is the basic principle of, I need to understand what I'm doing wrong, why it was wrong and what the consequences of it yes. would be. The consequences very often is relational. That's mm. normally any sin trespassed would be either it would do damage to your relationship with the Holy Spirit, mm. your relationship with uh, others in the fellowship, mm. the entire fellowship or the leadership of the fellowship. Mm. Uh, of course, it extends to the community out there. Yes. Our trespasses could do harm to our relationship with work colleagues, family with family members, members uh, neighbors, etc., etc. Now, this is where we want to and have to identify, then formulate, communicate, so that we can have a very clear result. Yes. And there has to be accountability. Now, so when it comes to confession, What's what, what are we looking at? Right, so confession in its broad spectrum, I think um, first thing that's important to note is that confession can take a few forms. We either confess to ourselves, which is usually what we do first. Uh, then there's confession to God, confession to our leadership within fellowship and within the body and then confession to the body or members of the body. Um, now, if we take confession in its broadest spectrum, we'll see that there's confession in the negative, but there's also confession in the positive. Please take note. Negative confession, mm. positive yes. confession. So we're going to explore both. Um, but first we're going to look at confession in the negative, because that is generally where confession is applied more often. 
um, and then we'll have a look at, at the positive kind of confessions that we have. So negative confession would usually take the form, you see, because you, for instance, earlier you mentioned transgression. Now, we tend to think that we have to confess when we've sinned actively or done an active trace pass towards someone else, which is true. But uh, since we can't go into all the aspects of confession and what we confess about, usually a good measure would be this. If in some way our speech, action, behavior, or the lack of certain speech, behavior, or action towards the body has not thought, character, any of those kind of things, mm. if any part of our person has not contributed to or even taken away from, so these are, these are two conditions, either the lack of contribution or active taking away from the growth of the body. The sanctity, yes. uh, sanctification, and the maturing growth of the body. Yes. Then, we're looking at something that has to be confessed. The reason is, we're going to, the, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, usually via the Word, or via uh, the authority that God has put in, put in place, so that would be via teaching or ministry or advice or counsel, or just within a context of fellowshipping with the body. The Holy Spirit would usually lead us to realize that a part of our character or our person or our behavior or our thought or something we're doing or you know not doing is, is not yet godly. So obviously we have to, if we continue in this process, our purpose is to be conformed to His image and Him to be formed in us. So any part of us that is not yet godly or conformed to Him, obviously that has to change within our growth process. Mm. Now, the way we measure this is that the Holy Spirit, by some of the ways that we've mentioned now, is going to point out that part of what we are and what we do is either taking away from or not contributing to the growth of the body. Then we're looking at something that has to be confessed. Now, like we said, the confession could either be to ourselves, to God, to leadership, or to members of the body. Now, the anchor scripture we're looking at is in James chapter 5, verse 16. And it says, Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, in this context, this verse would be more directly applied to when individual members or you know, certain members of the body have trespassed actively against each other. Then there would be the coming together, the reconciling of the members of the body. Uh, I don't think I have to elaborate more on that. But in the broader sense, we can apply this in the way that we've now explained. So if there's the taking away from or the not contributing to the growth of the body, then it means that there was actually a trespass against the body as a whole. And this has to be confessed. But now the principle comes in with it has to be followed up by repentance. Do you want to elaborate on that? The following up of repentance entails that the behavior, the form of speech, the thought pattern, the character aspect, uh, or the neglect has to be corrected. 
there has to be change. And this change has to be measurable, mm. active, and it has to be lasting. We want to get very clear, we want to be very clear on the principal aspect of this. Yes. Because repentance is something we learn to walk out, but we have to apply the principle for it to work. Yes. The principle here is that if I was ignorant of a truth in the Word of God, a dynamic or promise or a potential uh, growth action on my side, if I was just ignorant, didn't understand it, got it wrong, and in a teaching I have that wonderful aha moment, wow, this was a great teaching, and I know all of you always have this in our teachings, and we, this was a great teaching, and what you said makes so much sense, and then, you see, that was a confession. Just a side note, that would, that would be an example of confession, confession in the positive. That was confessing that something that is true and good is currently not part of my thinking, mm. my actions, or my life. So we could see it negative, but now there's the potential for it to have a very positive outcome. So. Now, this is very important, though. We also see positive confessions where people have revelation from the Lord, where they say, you know, the, I feel the Lord has spoken to me about something that has to be done. Usually, in, in context, this would develop in a disciple where the Lord is starting to uh, inspire them and um, cause them to understand that there's purpose mm -hmm. towards the body, purpose towards the kingdom, and we need to be partakers in these purposes. Mm. So co-workers. So normally people have revelation that they need to serve the body in some way, contribute yes. in some way. And usually, this is the danger zone. Yes. Where a person realizes and confesses, yes, I have to do this. I've seen people have this aha moment that, yes, we have to be part of missions and we have to be part of evangelism and the gospel has to go out. And then when the fire, the fire normally burns for five hours or a day and then we go back to living our lives and we do our things. Instead of actively then, the moment you've confessed, that I have not been partaking in this, I've not been an active part of this and I need to be. Mm. From that moment on, you are accountable in the eyes of the Lord and the body if you have yes. spoken it to the body. Yes. Now that accountability means you, the action has to be taken. And um, so you can go figure out how that works. But we, the principle is we need to be aware of what we confess. Yes. So that we can start to formulate and then measure. Mm. What have I done following my confession? Oftentimes in a negative confession, people would have realization that the way I've been speaking about certain things is not correct. I need to guard my tongue. Mm, mm. Right. Now, think of all the teachings we've been doing uh, focused on renewing the mind, sanctified speech, sanctified action. Um, one of the basic fundamental um, goals that we have set is for everybody to have orderly thinking mm. so that they can have sanctified orderly speaking yes. and sanctified focused purposeful living mm. now the problem with this 
confession and repentance aspect to all the teachings we're doing is that often we realize what we need to adjust. Yes. Then that adjustment, that's the repentance part. So it's coming in line with something. So it is um, moving from where you were to just readjusting yourself to be in line with truth, with kingdom, mm. with the future of the body, yes. uh, especially the part of the body that you belong in. Mm. Um, this is there where I think the real danger comes in. Because mm. the moment a confession has been made, you have activated, the person has activated a spiritual dynamic. It's very important to understand this. That a person could continue in a neglectful manner without realizing. So people would often come and say, I feel the Lord has convicted me to submit to leadership. Immediately that is a confession of the fact that that person in the past then have not Mm. been in submission to leadership. Yes. So they, their experience is, wow, the Lord is telling me I can submit to this leadership, I can trust this leadership and I should do it. What people don't realize is they're confessing that they have not been doing it. And you go like, yes. how long have you been going in church? Ten years. So the confession that I should submit is actually that I've not been doing that. There's exactly. been a neglect. Exactly. Now, from that moment onward, I always know that person is now at risk. Yes. Because of the principle that they've activated. Because you remember in the introduction session, we said that this is the thing with principles. Whether you do them or don't do them, both scenarios are going to have a determined outcome. That's, that's the point of principles. Principles are true, irrelevant of what we think or feel about them. So actually, we stumble upon principles, and if we haven't identified that it's a principle, mm. we activate these principles randomly. And um, then we transgress against the principle that's already been activated. That normally has consequences. So we can have uh, a response from God's side that is going to be either ministry by the Holy Spirit to try and correct you. Mm. If the correction doesn't take place, there's discipline that will come in. Yes. And there's consequences. Yes. Uh, Normally... The consequences come because people rebel without understanding what they're rebelling against. Exactly. We neglect without understanding where we have been neglected. Mm. Um, then a, another form mm. of response would be we activate the principle and the body responds. Yes. The, the body would respond to the person realizing their transgression. Mm. So in the beginning a person would act in a certain way, there'd be grace, until the body starts responding. The body starts saying, your behavior would not be acceptable for much longer. Then, besides that, there could be a response from leadership. Yes. And this would be a primary way in which God starts bringing correction, Mm. because that is part of our function, Mm. and then bring discipline. And we often see these aspects working together. Mm. So the Holy Spirit would start bringing discipline, the body would start responding negatively. Now, when we have behaviors that's not contributing to the health and the sanctity and the holiness of the body, the growth of the body, um, the response could be that the body is not 
trusting that person. The body is not embracing that person with full openness and trust, mm. and there's not a flow of giving and receiving, and that person starts feeling isolated. When the body's yes. intention not to isolate them, the body is in, uh, responding to an area that needs repentance. This always happens after a confession. The discipline mm. never comes into being if the confession has been made. Mm. And this is why the principle is, once confessed, you need to go formulate your confession so that you can make sure there is repentance. Yes. Uh, there's people that will seek repentance in areas for years and years, and in their heads they think they're busy repenting. Yes. Actually, they're just in a long process of resisting the Holy Spirit, the body, leadership, the Word of God, and the Kingdom of God. Yes. It's very important to understand that the Lord's first call was, his first ministry was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes. Now when we don't repent, we're starting to resist the very kingdom and we're supposed to move in the direction of the glory and the kingdom. Mm. And the kingdom has to manifest in our lives. Now we're starting to push away the coming of the kingdom. And it's normally through neglect. Yes. There's active um, rebellion where we uh, choose to uh, keep certain idols in place. Idol worship is a death sentence. You, a person will still go to heaven, mm. but you start neglecting that principle. You can actually not continue to walk in the other principles the moment that that has happened. You have activated this principle of confession and repentance and then didn't repent. Mm. So this is a very it's a vital principle. It goes together with beginning and end. So, obviously, we have to identify the beginning of a process. Yes. Okay. Often, we, it looks like this. We realize that the Lord started uh, leading me to repentance three weeks ago, two months ago, <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> and I am just starting to realize what He's doing. Yes. But that's the moment to make a beginning on your side. Mm. Beginning has to be followed by formulation. Yes, because otherwise, how do you keep track exactly. of whether there is actual growth? Remember, we tend to deceive ourselves, and because we're busy with the problem in our heads, we think we're making progress. And this is where formulation comes in. If we can actually start keeping a record and really start measuring the change that's taking place, then and only then will we know if we are properly implementing this principle of confession and repentance. So the... Confession was that I should not speak about other people when they're not there. I should not divulge or gather information about other people's lives out of being curious. Curiosity. Because mm. curiosity has two sides to it. I want to know so I can let someone else know. Now that takes a sinful form of gossip. But the gossip normally comes out of curiosity mm. and a desire to belong. be important mm. to belong to if we're in the know then we the person and, now all those things if you didn't talk about other people for a so there was a number a total number of 10 opportunities to do it and you didn't do it that was Repentance. So you're actually just not doing the thing that you're not supposed to. Mm. 
you're not scoring any points, it's just mm -hmm. not doing the wrong thing. But then, even if you did it for 10 occasions, you achieved not doing it, then when you do start gossiping again, there was no repentance. Zero. No victory, no repentance, no nothing. So I think this is just something we want to point out, just point out about the mechanism of repentance, is you haven't repented until the change is permanent. Only then have you repented in a certain area. Now, I just want to, before we end this session, highlight one of those telltale signs that you can pick up, because we, we, we confess to ourselves so that we can know what we're doing. The moment you're doing something wrong and you say, I'm not doing this, but <laughs> then you're doing it. Mm. Okay? So people tend to do this all the time. Mm. They'll go, yeah, I'm not justifying this, I'm just explaining. You're probably justifying it. Um, and this is one of the telltale signs when you actually try and you want to do what you want to do, mm. but you're going to find a way to make it seem that you're not doing it. Yes. That's the worst type of unrepentant mm. behavior. And you're confessing the fact that you know what you're doing. Yes. Okay, so confession and repentance is the moment you go... Uh, you know, I don't mean this bad, but I'm going to say it anyways, then that was the moment you've already confessed. And didn't repent, actively didn't change. Positive uh, confession repentance, to implement it is to take note of when you say you've learned something, you've realized something, you have had revelation on something, or God has told you something. I want to just add this. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea... If we feel that God has laid something on our heart or spoken to us about something, mm. best is, don't confess it until you've checked it. Check it against the Word. Check it against the rest of your life. The plan, the process, the process of the, with mm. the body. Mm. Someone comes to me and says, I feel the Lord has told me to, um, well... We're having lockdown tomorrow or today, <laughs> so um, people sometimes people come to me and say, I feel the Lord has told me to just spend time with Him alone for the next month or two. Now, that would be a confession that's not in line with the Word that's, that very clearly states that us as being one body and one spirit, we do better together. And we should not neglect the coming together. And there's times when we do have quiet time with the Lord mm. and we can withdraw for two or three days maybe in prayer on the mountain. Mm. But it's usually the enemy that wants to isolate us for long periods of time. Mm. Yes. Um, so, so take note of your own confessions. This is the way we learn about what we're actually doing. Mm. You confess, the Lord has actually, there's a spiritual law in place that forces people to confess. Right? Mm. Are we missing anything? No, I don't think so. Okay. Just in terms of the principle. The principles go <laughs> together. There's much that could be said about mm. the mechanisms, but I so think... The principle of... Once you've confessed, it has to be followed by repentance. Repentance has a positive and negative aspect to it. Mm. Repentance is, aha, 
I now know uh, what to add to what I've already got. Mm. So uh, I, I didn't need to know about this aspect of character building or Messiah likeness before because it wasn't part of my process yet. Mm. But I've arrived at a place of growth where the Lord is now revealing new things to me now that needs to be added. This is a positive repentance because yes. we're repenting back to His image, his likeness, his nature, his character, his heart, his mind and his ways. Mm-hmm. This is what we repent and back to. So we're not repenting, we're repenting from sin, from the fleshly desires and fleshly walk, yes. to a spiritual walk, a walk in the spirit and the nature of him. And I think that's all we have to say about the principle. Mm. Okay.